The easy button right now is the ketogenic diet, in my opinion. It's the starvation diet. If you starve yourself, if you deplete calories, if you eat fat and protein and not a lot of carbohydrates, you will lose weight. Would you feed the same diet you're following to your children? I don't think it's healthy for you. Actually, I think it's extremely unhealthy for you. But more important than ever is I don't think it's sustainable and I don't think it's a lifestyle, it's a diet. So the conversation today is why I don't recommend the ketogenic diet or short, the keto diet. And I had uh, dinner the other day with a couple folks and I was getting ready for an event and we were talking and they know what I do and travel around helping people with their health. And they asked me about Dr. Gundry, very famous, successful doctor, a lot of uh, press and PR. He's got a new book out called The Keto Code. And he, they were asking me about, what do I think about the ketogenic diet? Do I recommend the ketogenic diet? What do I think about this? And it got me thinking, and I wanted to answer a couple of questions because I think there's a lot of noise out there, a lot of misinformation, and there's, I think, a lack of what I consider common sense. And so when we think about the ketogenic diet, well, what's the main purpose of the ketogenic diet? Well, it's weight loss. And when you really dive into the literature, when you dive into the studies, the research, the folks promoting it, it has everything to do with how you look and what the scale says. And I think that's a false way to look at our health. We got our mental health, we got our physical health, we got our gut health, we have our skin, we have uh, our breath. There's so many other aspects to our health other than what the scale says and how we look. Now, I had the privilege growing up with this health freak of a father um, that competed in 10 bodybuilding shows. And I remember at a young age, maybe 10, 12, he would talk about his competition in these bodybuilding shows. And they would drink distilled water, and all they're eating is meat, a protein powder, a protein bars, you know, and all, all these things that were making them lean. And they get up on stage and they look fantastic. Their veins are bulging, they're uh, very low body fat. But he also looked fantastic, and many times he would beat his competition. He would have oatmeal for breakfast, he'd eat fruit, he's not drinking distilled water and getting dehydrated. And so I think one of the things we have to back up and say is there's always, you know, two ways to do something. There's always the other side of the coin. The easy button right now is the ketogenic diet, in my opinion. It's the starvation diet. If you starve yourself, if you deplete calories, if you eat fat and protein and not a lot of carbohydrates, you will lose weight. You know, one of the benefits, or in many people's eyes, the, the problem with carbohydrates is they hold on to water. And when you remove water or you remove carbohydrates, you lose weight. So let's break this down a little bit. When I think about why I don't recommend the ketogenic diet, it has to do with the art and the science. There's going to be a lot of information about the science of the ketogenic diet, the autophagy. We're going to combine that with intermittent fasting. We're going to talk about mitochondria. You'll hear folks talking about metabolic flexibility. But before I go into too, too many of those big buzzwords, I want to pause and say there's an art and there's a science to what we eat. 
And my twin sister, who says it better than anyone I've ever heard, food connects us. It's social, it's love. And when we eliminate that aspect, and I think when you follow the ketogenic diet, you eliminate that aspect of love. I think we're now on a diet. We're on some, something that we have to be very rigid to follow. And so when you think about the art and the science, let's break down the science of the ketogenic diet. For the most part, you're going to get 60 to 80% of your calories from fat. Some ketogenic experts or uh, gurus are going to tell you to get a lot more protein, and some will tell you not to consume too much protein. And then the big thing you're doing is you're eliminating or minimizing carbohydrates. And what this does is it puts you in a ketogenic state. You're going to start burning ketones for fuel versus glucose. Now it's much more complicated. You can get into the cell, what the mitochondria does, what the brain does, the blood-brain barrier, how you know you need a certain amount of glucose for the, the brain to even get energy. But there's, there's science. Now the science that we teach that can kind of point some holes at the ketogenic diet are three aspects cell health, pH balance, and the source. Today, I'm going to focus on pH balance and the source. But a lot of the science is around the cell health. You want to make those cells healthy. You want to create autophagy from doing a nighttime fast. Uh, but it doesn't have to be 16 hours. You don't have to shrink your, your eating window so extreme. But yeah, your cells are very important that's one of our principles, but I wanted to focus today on two of our other principles because it starts to uh, make some glaring holes in the ketogenic diet. The first one is pH balance. Human body has a pH balance somewhere between 7.4 and 6.8. And we stay into balance because the body requires us to have a certain pH, just like a goldfish in water. There's a pH that is optimal for humans at 7.4 to 6.8. But we live a very acidic diet. We live a very acidic lifestyle. We have a lot of stress. We lack sleep. And so we use these buffering minerals to keep us into balance. Calcium, potassium, iodine, magnesium. And so we become very inefficient or deficient in these nutrients because we're trying to keep the body in the right pH. When you think of the ketogenic diet and you think about what you're eliminating, you're eliminating some of the most alkalizing foods in the world, carbohydrates. And when I talk to people about carbohydrates, I don't just say you need to eat carbohydrates. I say carbohydrates are the most important macronutrient. They give us fiber. They give us antioxidants. They are your main energy source. And they help to produce serotonin, which makes us happy. And they're packed full of these phytochemicals, these colorful fruits and vegetables, these antioxidants that we eliminate or drastically decrease when we follow the ketogenic diet. Carrots, beets, celery, sweet potato, I got an apple. All these things are carbohydrates and they make the body more alkaline. And so when you think about the pH balance, one of the downsides, one of the biggest reasons I tell people not to do the ketogenic diet is because you're going to become very acidic. Your body's going to become too acidic. You're going to have bad breath. Your digestion's going to get compromised. Your cells are actually going to get a little bit more uh, you know, sensitive to insulin because you're eliminating some of these nutrients. But the big one is your body's going to get more acidic. When the body gets more acidic, you start to need more minerals, 
more of these alkaline forming minerals to keep the body in balance. And so if you're following a ketogenic diet, what I've seen from that is, you know, bad breath. You talk about ketone breath, body's too acidic. Skin, your skin's getting dry, your hair's getting thinner, too acidic. Digestion, this is the big one. When your body gets too acidic, your digestion starts to get burned. Think about a pool. When there's too much chlorine, your suit's going to get burned. We want that pool, we want that body, that environment to be a lot more alkaline. And so this is one of the benefits of the ketogenic diet. You get hot, you get acid, you burn more fuel, your uh, metabolism revs up short term because it's on high alert, starvation, that's the science of it. But long term, your body's going to get more of an acid state. And for an optimal mind and body, you need to be in more of an alkaline state. And that's what carbohydrates do. So the science number two is the pH. Now, the third piece of science is the common sense. Now, I've been watching some videos and some pod, listening to some podcasts and watching some reels on what to eat, what not to eat. And when it comes to common sense, I don't know how we've got to a point where coffee is better than oatmeal, where wine is better than an apple, and that we can't have our first meal till 1.30 in the afternoon. And when you think about your kids, I have three kids under six. I would never send them out the door before I got them some type of food. Now, there's a difference between Lucky Charm cereal and oatmeal or eggs or toast or something that's a little bit more nutritious. Obviously, everything has to do with the, the quality. But when it comes to common sense, I think we've lost some of the common sense. Our principle we teach is what's the source? When you think of the ketogenic diet, it's all about the, the quantity, the nutrients, If a protein bar has uh, 20 grams of protein and no sugar, that's a good bar. I got a couple in front of me right now that I wouldn't feed to anybody. Processed protein powder, whey protein powder, uh, ingredients you can't pronounce, gums, uh, monk fruit, things that I I don't believe are as, as natural as we say. And so we get really far from the source. At this same event where I went out to dinner with those uh, folks asking me the question about Dr. Gundry, I got done doing a presentation, 45-minute presentation, standing ovation. Everybody's so uh, interested. Our health has never been more under attack. And the question, and I get this question all the time, is what do I think of apple cider vinegar? And my answer is this, and this is how I think about the source. What's the source of apple cider vinegar? It's an apple. And so I want people to eat more apple, apples, fruits. Because one of the things when you're following a ketogenic diet is you cut out fruit. Now, some people might have a little bit of berries, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But they're not having apples. They're not having bananas. They're not having oranges. They're not having pineapple. Because these things are high in sugar. They're carbohydrates. One of the things that happens when you deep, you know, follow this ketogenic diet You deplete the body because you're missing nutrients, whether it's because of the window of eating or whether it's because you're not getting the ingredients to begin with, whether it's B vitamins, whether it's some of these antioxidants, fibers, uh, food, you know, nutrients that we get from fruit. And so that's the science that I want to start with today is the ketogenic diet. It's very acidic. 
ketoacidosis. You watch any pharmaceutical commercial that has anything to do with uh, manipulating the cell, ketoacidosis is a harmful thing. It's right there in the name. Ketosis, the ketogenic diet, is in a very acidic diet. Number two, what's the source? Let's use our common sense. We can eat foods at the source. Whole foods, fruits and vegetables, we need to consume these foods. Let's make it very simple. Would you feed the same diet you're following to your children? Most of the time, what I find with people that are following some of these diets, they never would do that. We can't be so extreme if we want to sustain it. Now let's talk about this metabolic flexibility. It's being thrown around as a big buzzword in the ketogenic space. And really what it means is the body is more efficient. It burns fuel more efficiently. It doesn't require as much fuel. And there's a lot to that. If I have a big bowl of pasta with marinara sauce and bread, and there's a lot of wasted calories in that food. So I believe in metabolic flexibility. The problem with the ketogenic diet, though, from a flexibility standpoint, it doesn't have any lifestyle flexibility. You go out to dinner with a friend, a loved one, my grandfather uh, will have a big birthday coming up, 90th birthday. I want to have some cake. I want to enjoy the time with him. I want to experience that love and that social that food provides us. Now, I don't have to go off the rails, but I want to have that lifestyle flexibility. My kids like to cook. They like to bake. And imagine if my kids want to make some cookies, and they're probably not going to make the healthiest cookies in the world. Now you try to make better upgrades. Am I going to say, no, I can't have that cookie that you just made because I'm following the ketogenic diet? What we want to do is we want to create lifestyle flexibility. We know we want results. We know we want to feel good. We want to look good. But how do we do it in a way that's sustainable, that has flexibility? And so as we wrap this up today, I want you to think about these are diets, these are fads, these are trends, and we always have to come back to two questions. Why do I want to do it? So if weight loss is the reason, there's other ways to lose weight. The second thing is, can I sustain this? Is this a lifestyle? And I've been doing this for a long time, worked with a lot of people one-on-one. What you're finding right now in the ketogenic space is it didn't really work like they thought. And now there's a lot of backpedaling to, well, you got to do it the right way. Now you can't have as much protein. You got to have more fat. And it will just change. It started with Atkins, went to paleo. Now it's more of ketosis. And those aren't the same, but they're a similar goal. How do I lose weight quickly? And how do I do it without changing a lot of my lifestyle? And so when you think about the ketogenic diet, I don't recommend the ketogenic diet because number one, I don't think it's healthy for you. Actually, I think it's extremely unhealthy for you. But more important than ever is I don't think it's sustainable and I don't think it's a lifestyle. It's a diet. It's something that you have to be very rigid with. You can't have... uh, any liberties. You have to be disciplined or it's not going to work. And so for me, two things that I do that are similar but a little bit different is I think you have to fast. And I call it nighttime fast or circadian rhythm fast. 12, 14 hours. You don't have to do 16. You don't have to do 20. You don't have to you know, starve yourself. But you do want to have a period where you're not eating. Number two, you need to consume more fats. I'm all about fats. 
But understanding our most amazing macronutrient is this thing called carbohydrates. You need 45% plus of your calories to come from carbohydrates. I'm not talking about chips and crackers and cakes. I'm talking about complex carbohydrates, whole foods, uh, pineapple, apple, sweet potato, baked potato, grains. Because the biggest takeaway is I don't recommend supplementation. And if you're following the ketogenic diet, there's really no way to not supplement with, with some type of supplements, whether it's B vitamins or vitamin C or digestive enzymes. When we can just ask the question, if I just start to eat closer to the source, make some upgrades, maybe not eat as much, I know it's not the easy button, but it's the simple button. And so the reason I don't recommend eating the ketogenic diet is because it's going to be another diet next week. It's going to be another modification. We got to get back to common sense and we have to start to think, am I going to be able to sustain this for my entire life? And that's how we got to start eating for better health, better mental health, and overall a happier and healthier lifestyle. Talk to you soon.